Ciao, and welcome to The Fatal Charm of Italy, a question-and-answer podcast hosted by me, Rick Zullo, from rickzullo.com. In each episode, my guests and I will attempt to unravel the mysteries of the Bel Paese, diving into diverse topics ranging from cultural curiosities, to travel advice, to language tips, to food discussions, always with a healthy dose of humor and a genuine affection for the object of our shared fixation, that paradise of exiles, Italy. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave an honest review if so inclined. Now, without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Buongiorno a tutti. I'm here today with Scott Maxwell. He's from the Big Gay Podcast from Puglia, and he's going to tell us all about um, travel to Puglia in general and some specific recommendations for gay travel in Puglia. Scott, buongiorno. How Ciao, are you? Rick. Buongiorno. Come va? How are you? <laughs> oh, I'm doing okay. I'm Thanks. Well, I'm, thank uh, you. you know, um, I'm uh, anxious to hear more about Puglia. We just had a little conversation about the, the food of Puglia, but now we're going to get more into sort of the, you know, planning some yeah. travel to Puglia, some destinations and some specifically uh, locations for that are more gay friendly or gay welcoming, I guess. Uh, you can tell me how you want to approach that. But well, uh, maybe I, if I should say that when when we're recording this, it's it's, it's we're now in December. I'm recording this. Okay. And I often joke that in Puglia, we only have two seasons. We have um, estate and non-estate. Well, <laughs> and that is to say we have summer and we have not summer. Right. Um, because life in Puglia really revolves around summer. We have the longest coast of Italy's mainland regions, 800 kilometers of coast. So you know everything here really is about the beach. Um, in summer, we go to the beach all the time or we say we go to the sea, al mare. Okay. Um, you know, so like... You know, as kids, we go to the um, we're taken to the um, to the sea to the beach by our parents. Um, as teenagers, we hang out at the sea um, with our friends. You know, and as parents, we take our kids there. Um, grandparents go there first thing in the morning, and they walk up and down the beach. So it's very, very much a summer destination, um, an outdoor place. And I think that because we have eight hundred kilometers of coast and we have such wonderful, wonderful beaches. That is one of the biggest um, draws for the LGBTQ community here in Puglia, that we have amazing, beautiful, wonderful beaches and a very um, wide variety of beaches from rocky coves, limestone, limestone cliffs to long sandy beaches. And at the very tip of the heel, we've got the Maldives of Salento, so-called because um, a lot of people think they're just like the Maldives with lots of soft white sand and crystal clear blue waters. So a great variety um, of beaches. But yes, Puglia is is a huge LGBTQ destination. And I have to say, I've been living here for six years. When I came to Puglia, this I did not know. I didn't know that Puglia was um, such a gay favourite. And my background is that I was a London attorney. I worked for an international law firm as an attorney, but my management role was diversity and inclusion. When I came to Puglia, um, just because I decided that I didn't want to live in the UK anymore, um, I didn't want the stressful day, I want to say nine to five, but of course it wasn't a nine to five working uh, in a law firm. And I just didn't want the stress anymore. So I came here um, and after about six months, I thought, well, you know what? I've really got to be doing something because you know, um, having spent all my time doing something, you know, I'm now doing nothing other than just like sitting in the sun and going to the sea and swimming. So I kind of thought, well, maybe with my diversity hat on, I can, you know, just do something that helps contribute to um, the um, LGBT community here in Puglia, in the south of Italy. 
because in Italy, um, as you might expect with the Catholic Church being so strong um, and having such an influence, um, but also, and especially here in the South, having such a patriarchal society, um, LGBT people don't have the same protections as you know many other Western countries do. So, for example, in Europe, in the European Union, Italy is the only Western European country that does not have equal marriage. We have civil unions here, but we don't have equal marriage, unlike all of our um, European Union neighbours and most Western European countries. We have no laws that protect LGBT people in the workplace. So it is quite far behind. And I really thought that there was something I could do um, to contribute. But of course, when I arrived here, I didn't speak any Italian. So what I could do was very limited. So one of the things I thought was, as a diversity project, I know, I'll start the Big Gay Podcast from Puglia. And that way, all these people who come and visit Puglia from all around the world and think, oh, Puglia is such a gay-friendly and such an easy place to be gay. I can perhaps educate them that, yes, it is. You know, the people here in this part of Italy are quite open and they're very um, welcoming to the LGBT community. But generally, Italy is not um, as LGBT-friendly in terms of protecting its LGBT community, in terms of having the rights enshrined in law. So that was the idea and the genesis of the Big Gay podcast from Puglia. Let so me ask tell you, people when, if, yeah, I want to ask you about that real quick. So let's make the distinction between, you know, the country and its laws not being very welcoming versus the people themselves. I mean, are you finding that the, I mean, even if the laws aren't set up to accommodate the, you yeah, know, like you said, yeah. the rest of Europe, are the people still, um, I mean, do you get it? You know, Rick, that's a very interesting question. The answer to that question is that yes, um, the government and the government's attitude is not representative of the people, okay. in my opinion. And you might say, well, you have a democratically elected government in Italy, so how can that be the case? Well, I think it's because the majority of young people right. are very disenfranchised. Um, none, Very few of the people that I know voted here. I think that in the last general election that we have, we had um, about 53% of the population voted. And um, of that 53%, probably the majority of the people who voted were, were you know, much older people right. um, and people, you know, um, who are, the, you know, gener you know uh, older, older generations. And, right. and they do tend to be a lot more suspicious. They tend to be a lot more conservative. And right. at the moment, we have a far-right-led coalition government with... Um, led by Giorgia Maloney, um, Brothers of Italy, which are, are, I mean, their roots, despite what she will tell you, their, their roots are in the neo-fascist movement. Yeah. Um, and they are supported by Salvini's League. Salvini's League was originally a nationalist movement which actually wanted to separate Italy. It wanted to separate the northern part of Italy from the southern part of Italy because the southern parts of Italy were so poor. And um, the view of the League was that Southern Italy held back Northern Italy and Northern Italy would be much more successful as an independent kind of state. So, um, you know, they're very anti-LGBT, they're very anti-immigration, um, but they are not representative of the people. And the people here, um, and, and even though I said older people who may have voted for the League and um, for Giorgio Salvini, um, you know, they're very, very welcoming. So, for example, we have old we have neighbours um, who are 80, 60, 75 and 80, um, a married couple, and when we moved here, um, Nino is his name, um, he, came, he came to our gate, he introduced himself, 
he knew that we were a gay couple. Um, he knew that we were married. Um, he invited us to come to his house for lunch just to say hello. Um, and regularly, they continue, um, he and um, his wife, um, as I say, 75 and 80, who are very devout Catholics, go to church you know, th- twice a day, every day. They won't wow. listen to Mass unless they're very, very seriously ill. Um, they regularly have us um, to, um, to come over for lunch, and they have us with with their child, with their family and their grandchildren. So, for example, and it's you know maybe a stereotype, but it is actually how life is here. Um, Graziella, who's the eighty-year-old nonna, she will get up at six thirty in the morning and she'll start cooking. And every day, she cooks <laughs> lunch for her for her adult children and for their spouses and for her grandchildren, um, and sometimes even for us. And you know, we're made to feel very, very welcome. Um, the young generation have a very different attitude, you know, and when I, you know, by young generation, I mean Generation Z, right. um, Generation Z. Um, they, you know, they're you know, the Netflix generation. They don't think, you know, they're very supportive of LGBT, um, whether, you know, as queer people themselves, as the people who identify as queer or whether as allies who are supporting their friends. And yeah, it's almost like, it's have, almost become like a non-issue for them. It's like, why are people even talking about this? Because it's yeah, just yeah, it's them, normal. It's know, normalized. You yeah. might find in, in the U.S. Um, but but that but a couple of generations in between, they still have a difficult time. And sure. you know, one, you know the, the, for for various reasons, I mentioned the patriarchal society. I mentioned the um, you know the influence of the Catholic Church. But there are socioeconomic reasons as well. So, for example, um, here in the South, you know, it's very very high unemployment. And a lot of my friends, you know, 30, so for example, one of my very good friends, he's 30 years old. He still lives at home with his mother. He <laughs> shares a bedroom, shares a bedroom with his younger brother. His older brother also stays at home. He's 35. He's so got his own room. Living, living, living in his house are his mother, his older brother, 35 years old, him, 30 years old, and his younger brother, who's 28. And he and his 28-year-old still share, you know, share a bedroom. And that is not untypical of um people you know of 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 you know children in Italy and um, they stay at home for a long long time um, and in that case it's because he doesn't have a job and he can't afford to live on his own um so you know yeah. that's another reason why yeah. people who are lgbtq might find it very difficult to be their authentic selves because you know they still live at home um they still live in some cases with their grandparents with their parents um and so it's just there's that extra layer of pressure or, or extra layer that kind of holds them back from from being able to be their authentic selves yeah um, oh, that's but, but 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 typically italians you know are very um lgbt friendly and certainly they are here in puglia and um, and puglia is you know puglia although it's in the south um i think it is slightly different because puglia has always been um a land where you know, all different cultures have mixed it's been a you know a gateway to the rest of the world because um Puglia historically, Brindisi was where the Via Appia ended. So, you know, people, you know, the, the armies, um, the Roman centurions and Rome came from Rome to Brindisi and then out to the rest of the world from the port. And um, the Crusades left from Brindisi. Um, so, you know, at some point, sometime in history, Puglia was one of the most active ports and one of the busiest places in the world for intersections of people. So it's still got a mix of cultures, but it's been a gateway for people coming here. And I think that's why culturally um, there are a lot more, um, they're much more open to diversity and and much more inclusive because of that historically. So for whatever reason, you know, 
it, it has Puglia has this reputation of being one of Europe's top LGBT destinations. Italians have been coming here, gay Italians have been coming here for years and years and years, um, because of its beaches, because of the great food. Um, but certainly the rest of Europe have, have caught up over the last 10 years. And within Europe, Puglia is recognised as one of Europe's top five uh, destination, gay summer destinations. It is a summer destination. Remember, I said we have summer and not That's summer. Right. Those are two seasons. Well, so gay so, destinations in Europe. So where, would they, where are some? Let's, let's talk specifically about some of the places that you recommend for, for gay travellers to come to Puglia and enjoy the summer weather, the beaches, the cuisine. Uh, okay. What are some of your top picks and, and so you know, what so. would you tell so, us? Ostuni has become, as a matter of fact, the probably the focus of certainly of, of gay men and of lesbians coming to Puglia, and that is in the case of men because it's very central, um, and a number of the gay beaches, the very popular gay and naturist beaches, are very easy um, to access to travel to from Ostuni, um, and for the women, it's because. Um, they and, and you know this may sound like a stereotype and I always think it sounds like a stereotype when I say it but there's research from Ennet, the Italian National Tourist Board that lesbian women like to come to the Valley d'Itria to go hiking um, and for an outdoors life and because there are so many hiking routes and beautiful countryside a lot of lesbian women come to um, Puglia and base themselves in Estuni because they can go hiking in the countryside in the Valley d'Itria and in the case of the gay men it's because they can go to the gay beaches um, which are very close by. Torre Guaiceto in Brindisi um, is one of the three top I mean we've got gay naturist beaches all around the coast but Torre Guaiceto in Brindisi is one of the top three. We actually here in Puglia have um, Italy's top gay beach it was voted there was a poll of italy's lgbtq community in 2021 which voted puglia italy's top gay summer destination for the lgbt community and it voted punta della suina which is a beach nearby gallipoli as the top um, gay and naturist beach in italy it's not my favorite because it tends to be a very it's a very rocky beach um, mm -hmm. with lots of coves um, and but uh, so many Italians like rocky kind of beaches and, and nature and being at one with nature. But I prefer the sandier beaches, where which is why I kind of like Torre Guaiceto and another one, and um, Campo Marino. And um, so Spiaggia Diala, which is near Campo Marino, which is another beautiful sandy beach with amazing, amazing blue crystal waters on the Ionian. Um, Gallipoli is was has a reputation for being the party town, um, not just for the gay community. Um, but, you know, for kind of younger people, it's kind of talked about in the same way that Ibiza was in the, the 90s as a big mm -hmm. kind of party town. Um, but a lot of people kind of that was for, for, the, for gay people coming to Puglia. Gallipoli was a big focus because of the amazing beaches down there, because that's where Punta della Suina is. Um, and also um, it has some very nice beach clubs and Lido's. Um, again, it tends to be kind of like, you know, clubby, you know, for young people, music, DJs. Um, bars, but a very some some are quite you know nice relaxed beachy vibe. And there's a there's a beach lead to Por do Sol and Baia Verde, which is a really nice kind of place to hang out. And it's very, although it's a, a gay, it is a gay beach. They brand themselves as LGBT friendly, um, and it's very inclusive. It's very, very mixed. So you have old and young people. You have a mix of nationalities. Um, you do have some straight people there. Um, everybody's made to feel welcome, and everybody's made to feel very comfortable there. Um, and it's a lovely beach and it's a lovely sea. Um, so this so, is still the Gallipoli area. So that's in the Gallipoli area. Okay, so right. the two two real focuses are Gallipoli, Salento, 
um, and by Verdi, uh, Punta della Suina, down by Gallipoli. But definitely the last two, three years, um, Ostuni has become the place to base yourself because it's so central, because everywhere else is accessible and because you can go to, you know, Torre Guacetto is only a few kilometres from from Ostuni. Um, Diala Beach is, is about is less than an hour from Ostuni as well. Um, um, and, and then the food. The food is the other thing. So the beaches and the weather draw people here, but the food, um, which we've already talked about for the other podcast, I mean, the food is just, you know, a very uh, important consideration for people coming here. And um, Puglia is not, it's not a hedonistic destination like um, Mykonos or like right. Gran Canaria. It's not right. that type of destination. Um, you come here to go to the beach, to get sun, to get sea, yes, to party, but, but it's a much more kind of sophisticated and quieter kind of nightlife. So although there are clubs, people tend to just sit out in the bars of an evening um, on the streets and the piazza, uh, just listening to music and Sounds watching wonderful. people, watching, watching the world go by. Sounds um, wonderful. So, so it's, it's that kind of destination. Is it fairly affordable when you compare it to other uh, European beach destinations for the summertime? I mean, you know, you're oh, thinking, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, Puglia, Puglia in the south of Italy is not an expensive place because the reality is the people here are not wealthy people. Um, they, um, you know, they, they don't, yeah, I don't know what the average income is, but it's not very much. Um, yeah. You know, I, I know people who are taking home they're not professionals, but, you know, they may be um, civil servants um, or they may be work in administrative jobs in the municipality. And they're taking home about one and a half thousand euros a month working full time. Wow. And so I think that's around about one and a half thousand. There's almost parity between the dollar and the euro at the moment. Um, right. um, so that kind of gives you an idea of, of, you know, what the kind of a good take home salary is probably about 15,000, 16,000 euros uh, a year. Wow. So you can imagine that, you know, that, isn't you know a, a huge amount in terms of spending power so things here come but food certainly you know, food is not expensive and if you're paying a lot of money for food then um you're you're eating somewhere that you should not be eating <laughs> that's right it's probably um, mediocre and you quality. don't you don't need to pay a lot of a lot of money for good food yeah. um, accommodation yes you can find expensive accommodation and as Puglia's reputation is growing, not just as a, a an LGBTQ gay summer destination, but as a destination for um, for for tourism in general, of course, it's becoming a lot more expensive. And we're having boutique hotels, um, although the hotels that we have here tend to be what's known as masseria. Um, it's right. not like hotels and hotel chains, but these are farmhouses, old converted farmhouses, um, which now become luxury boutiques, and some are agriturismo. So, you know, they have their own, their farms and, you know, they grow their own food, they cook in the kitchens. So you can find expensive places, um, but you don't have to spend a lot of money to have a great holiday here. Yeah. And uh, how do you get there? What's the best way to, if you're coming, I don't know, maybe you're coming from okay, the so US. Or two from airports, we have yeah. two, two international airports, Barry and Brindisi are the international airports okay. um, connecting with um, Rome, Rome Milan. or Milan. Yeah. So if you're coming from the US, you probably have to come via Milan or um, Rome. If you're coming to Italy, you know, you can come via London, you can come via Paris, you can come via Geneva or, you know, some of the other destinations. Oh, they have direct the, flights the too? Okay. In, in Europe. But yep. there are no direct flights from the U.S. to um, to Barry or to Brindisi. Um, Barry is the slightly bigger and the more established airport, so it has. Well, both airports, for example, now have direct flights to the U.K. Okay. Um, 
Even even London. in the off season or only during the during uh, no, the just just in the on season in in the summer season. The off season, um, no, there might be some from Barry, but not from Brindisi. The British Airways flights mm-hmm. from Brindisi um, are, are early summer. Um, but no, actually, having said that, maybe Ryanair, you know, Ryanair fly, and where don't Ryanair fly to? Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> but, but no, certainly, no, no, and Brindisi actually is, is a very convenient airport because if you're heading south, um, it's very easy. And if you're going as far north as Albero Bello, you, you're probably easier. A lot of people think Barry is the closer airport for Albero Bello. But um, if you're going no further south than Albero Bello, um, then Barry is fine. But if you're going to Albero Bello, I say, you know, as, if, if that's the furthest north you're going, then Brindisi Airport is is fine. And Brindisi is a nice, air, Brindisi is a nice airport because it's smaller, it's more modern, mm-hmm. um, and it's easier to manage. The, tra- the, 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 the number of people standing in line um, at the car hire desks is much less than it is at Barry. Um, so it's an, an easier airport to manage. Um, yeah. cruise, cruise ships come from... Um, from the over the Adriatic, from Greece, from um, Corfu, from to Bari um, or Brindisi, to to Bari and to Brindisi, okay, um, Albania and from Croatia, um, and otherwise, you know, if you're driving, um, then you know a lot of people will fly to Rome or you know do their visits and then come over from Naples or from Bari from from Rome. And I should say that driving here in Puglia. Is very easy. This is not the Amalfi, you know. It's not crammed full of tourists. It doesn't have the crazy, crazy roads. Yeah. Um, and although there are some things that you've got to watch out for um, with Italian drivers, like anywhere, they have bad habits. Traffic circles, they're really bad at. They don't know where the priority is. <laughs> Junctions, they're very bad at in terms of you know priorities. Um, well, bad. I mean, that's a relative term. I mean, they're, they're, um, they probably tailgating. Tailgating um, is another sin, um, yeah. and not using their we call them indicators in the UK, the flashing lights that indicate where you, you call them something else in the US, don't you? Yeah. The, um, turn signals, yeah. Turn signals. The yeah. Italians are not very good at using their turn signals. <laughs> They're good at the horn, though. The, uh, the um, oh, yeah, well, the... being, being British, I was very reserved, and I didn't like to use my horn. And now, you know, I will blast that horn like the best of <laughs> them. Uh, having lived here for six years. Good for you. So. Good for you. Are you enjoying it there? I mean, you, you, I mean you're not going oh, back, obviously. You're just... I, oh, no, no. I'm not gonna, I will not be going back to the UK. I absolutely love living here. I love it because of the weather and summer. Winter is much harder to take. Um... I love but it's still got to be better than here. the UK winter. I mean, come on. I mean, it's, no, 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 it's not. No, it's no. not. Wow. Um, it's not. We don't have we don't have snow like the UK. Um, and it, temperature wise, it does not get as cold as the UK. But we do, what we do have, because here in Salento, Alto Salento, um, we have very flat terrain. We have a sea either side. So we have a terrible humidity problem. Oh, now, we don't have a humidity too, problem. Yeah. Not, not in summer, not like in the US, not like in Washington, D.C., right. not like in um, southern American states. We don't have oppressive humidity in summer. You do not notice the humidity in summer at all. In winter, however, you notice the humidity when it's cold and it cuts through you like the, you know, to the bone. I have never felt as cold either in Scotland, in the northeast of Scotland where I'm from, oh or living in London, as I have living here. Oh, come and it on. really does. It just, it, seriously, it cuts through you. Rick, I'm not just, the chill here cuts through you <laughs> because that damp hangs in the air. And I'd never known, when people said, oh, I'm chilled to the bone, I never really knew what that meant in terms of having experienced it <laughs> until I lived here in Puglia. And it's true. It really, really is. And it rains a lot. It doesn't rain in summer, um, you know, but in winter, it certainly makes up for it. November... Um, beginning of December, January, February, very rainy and damp, and it's you know grey 
as well. So it's it's tougher. And so many places close. Unless you're in Barry or Lecce, which are you know main Barry's the regional capital. Um, but if you're in smaller towns, even Astuni, um, a lot of the places will close when it's not summer. Yeah, restaurants I mean, close, wow. shops close. Yeah. So yeah. you know it's uh, it, it's it's quite um, you know it can be quite difficult. But talk about things closing. Here's another thing that anyone visiting. Puglia or, or southern Italy, but Puglia certainly um, in summer is that we have what's known as la pausa, the yeah. pause, um, and it's like a siesta. And although you know it's very noticeable in summer, it happens all year round. So the working day here is from eight thirty in the morning till about twelve thirty, and then from about twelve thirty till four four thirty five p.m. everything closes. Okay, yeah. so offices close, a lot of shops close apart from in shopping malls, but we don't have a lot of shopping malls. Um, but the shops in the high streets and in the streets in the towns around me close. Um, the restaurants will stay open um, and serve lunch until about, you know, you'd probably your last sit-down is about 2 o'clock um, and you have to be finished by around about 3 o'clock and then they will close. But because of the heat in summertime, everything closes down and people go home and they still sleep in the afternoon. So we have La Pausa and it's mm -hmm. still very much is a thing and it still catches so many people out. Um, yeah. You know, in terms of one going around to places in summer and even going out for lunch, because restaurants typically, if you know, you should be sat at your table by two o'clock if you want to be sure of getting um, a lunch service. Right. And sometimes, if you're later than two, then they'll, they'll turn you away and say sorry. Um, two thirty is probably the absolute latest in some restaurants, but I would always say to be there by two. Um, so it seems very old fashioned, um, but when you come here and you feel how hot it is. Um, in summer, then you'll understand why so, it's difficult, even even with air conditioning. Okay, to be clear, though, you're even talking about sort of the the tourist destinations uh, in the summertime. Uh -huh. Some some museums, some museums will still, you know, will will still be open. Okay, but shops, shops, um, most of the shops, most of the offices, they will all close at about one. So even even a tobacco shop, you know, where you go for your cigarettes, right? And the bar, um, and the bar, they, like the bar, like the yeah, coffee the bar, bar yeah, 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 yeah. Some bars will. Um, some might stay open, but you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't count on it. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I mean, you will find wherever you are, you will find some bars that stay open all day. Um, but some will close. And restaurants, yes, there will be a lunch service, but that lunch service will close even in the height of summer at about two thirty, two thirty. Yeah. So give so, me an example of like a what would be a great itinerary for someone who wants to come to Puglia. So um, like how many days? What would what would they? I mean, would you recommend just finding one wonderful, beautiful location and just staying there for a week, or do you recommend? Well, you know, around, I, I get asked a lot about you know where to, and it really depends on what kind of holiday you have. Right. If you're if you want more the nightlife, yeah. that might well, be. Well, you might, see, so that's the thing. So so um, we have amazing beaches, but a lot of the amazing beaches that we have. Um, are in the you know are, are away from the big towns or the metropolitan areas. Right. Um, metropolitan areas will have beaches, but they might be smaller, and they'll certainly be much much busier, jam packed beaches. So if you want a quieter beach, then you've really got to hire a car so that you can access these beaches and get to them. Um, if you want to live near an amazing beach um, or be based near an amazing beach, then the chances are you're going to be somewhere where you don't have an amazing nightlife. So it's all about making compromises. Sure. If you want to come for an amazing nightlife um, and be close to the beaches, then you're probably looking at a place like Polignano Amari, maybe Barry, um, maybe Monopoly, um, or some of the resorts that we have down south. Um, a lot of people want to come and stay in a Trullo um, in the Valley d'Itria, but that is in the inside, in the countryside. Right, that's so not near you know, the beach, you, again, right. you have to have a car. Um, and you know, there is this a lot of people are that bit hesitant about driving 
hiring a car and driving here in Puglia, which is why I, I mentioned it. Um, but I think you do want to get a good... I mean, my favourite parts of Puglia are Gargano up in the north. They have amazing, amazing beaches and Salento further down in the south. Um, but Gargano is... You know, when you're in Gargano, you can travel around Gargano, but it's a two hour, a good two hour drive from Bari to Gargano. So if you go to Gargano, you really, you know, it's, the rest of Puglia isn't very accessible from Gargano. So I think a nice, a nice trip would be between seven and ten days, where you maybe have a base round somewhere around about Bari, and from Bari you can visit Gargano, you can visit Matera, as you know yourself, having yeah. done that, yes. um, and you can visit the kind of upper parts of the Valley Ditria. Then you can perhaps go to, excuse me, you can go to Lecce, um, and from Lecce go to some of the amazing beaches in Salento. My favourite, favourite part, my favourite thing to do in Puglia is to do the is to drive along the coastal route from the south of Lecce, so starting in Otranto um, and driving along the coastal route from Otranto um, to Santa Maria di Liuca, which is the very tip of the heel, along that coastal route, not coming inland, not going down the highway, the super highway, but going the coastal route, and it's a beautiful, beautiful drive. And um, although I said it's not the Amalfi, um, and it's not the Amalfi in terms of traffic or volume of traffic or difficulty in driving, but in terms of visually stunning, beautiful drives, um, having prickly pear-lined cliffs, having beautiful, beautiful blue sea as far as the eye can see, and having nice old um, towns along the way and marinas to stop off and have a seafood lunch in. It's an incredible drive. And there are some hidden beaches, beautiful beaches that are visually, visually stunning and typically really only known are favourites of locals, um, which are very, very worth stopping off if you know where they are. Um, on that drive so it's from Otranto to Santa Maria de Luca but I, I blog about that trip yeah. that journey a lot because it is without a doubt one of my favorite ones well that was um, my question I wanted to see if there's something on their website where I can point people to that yeah yeah that. yeah I mean just like bite-sized Puglia or like my favorite thing the website has is, is kind of self-explanatory in terms of how it's divided it's kind of got you know um, city guides it's got things to do so even though it's an, you know it's called gaypugliapodcast.com and it's probably about 85% inclusive. Yeah. Um, you know, so 15% of the content is just, you know, typically intended for LGBT readers, but the rest of it is for everybody else. Because of course, you know, um, LGBT people still like to go to great restaurants, <laughs> they like amazing things to do. Yeah. Um, so it's it's really for everyone. But it's it's city guides, it's like the best restaurant. We have a curated restaurant guide, all the places that we've gone to eat that we've really, really loved. And I should say that we don't pay, we, we don't get paid for content. Nobody pays us to come and go to the restaurant and review the restaurant. Every place that we stay at or every restaurant that we eat at and we, we review, we pay for ourselves. We pay for our own accommodation. We pay for our own food so that we can give genuine, honest, independent reviews. And if we don't like a place, then we tend just not to write about it. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, so we, all the stuff on your, on your site then is going to be going to be things that you've already t tried and, and approved of, and yeah, and yeah, oh, it's, yeah, it's all from our experience. So, although there's me, I do have a team of Italian. I've got four, of, depending on what time you're, four or five Italian colleagues, all of whom are from from Puglia um, mm -hmm. and have lived here most of their life. If they're not originally born and bred from Puglia, um, it's just that none of them could be with me today. So um, I have Davide who lives in Estuni and he's a tuk tuk driver in Estuni. Um, I have Marco, who's from Taranto, um, and he is involved with some of the LGBT organizations. He's one of the organizers of Taranto Pride. Um, I have Ricardo, who's a 
classic a student studying the classics um so he writes about uh, you know a, a lot of historical articles about Puglia and the Greek influence and other historical influences in Puglia and the architecture, the food, the culture. Um, so there, there are a team of Italians who help with it. Um, Fantastic. But, um, you know, obviously they're not here. And, and also just in terms of doing the podcast, speaking English, um, right. I'm, I'm the best English speaker because I'm a native English speaker. Um, yes, and that's the other thing. So we have five pride parades. We had five pride parades in Puglia. This year we have Barry Pride, Salento Pride, which was held in Lecce and will be in Lecce again next year. Um, we had Liuca Pride in Santa Maria di Liuca again. We have Manduria Pride, Manduria where the, wine, the red wine comes from. Um, and we often have Puglia Pride. We didn't have Puglia Pride this year, but Puglia Pride is coming back next year. So, so you, these these probably happen in the summer season, I imagine. Number one. Yes, they do. Yeah, yeah. From about and from about May until August time. And so they're not they just the parade. Obviously, it's a whole weekend of festivities. It's it's not like any... no. Well, it really is. So the pride parades here they are very different from pride parades elsewhere. They're not very commercial. Okay. Um, there will there may be one float truck, um, which is used just you know for the PA system um, and with some of the organizers. But there's like one float, um, yeah. and then you know anywhere between five hundred to ten thousand people, depending where you are in Puglia and which pride it is. And walking behind the float and often they'll stop off and there'll be testimonials you know people will talk about whether it's trans people whether it's gay people whether it's queer people they'll they'll, they'll stop and they'll talk about you know give give their story along the way um, okay. so they're very very different yeah yeah that's not, different not, than what i'm used uh, to in key west for example i mean they, yes they, yeah, no, yeah it, it is very different and i mean and they're quite <laughs> nice you know they're quite and and they're also you know i would say that 80 percent of the people that go there are generation z that attend the prides um, again, because I, I have a very interesting story from one that I went to from Salento Pride this year, which is that um, you know I, I was taking photos for the website, and I always ask people if I can take photos, um, and still there are quite a number of people that even though they're at a, a public pride, will yeah. say, well, actually, no, I don't feel very comfortable um, having my photo taken. Um, and then there were some people um, who had said that, and I was talking to, and and, you know, he was saying, you know, this is my boyfriend. We've been together for two years, but this is the, the only, you know, the three hours for one day for wow. three, out of 365 days a year wow. that we can hold hands or kind of, you know, be together and be, you know, express, public, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. And, and just when you hear things like that, you just realize, you know, it's, it's I mean, and it's, that's not unique to Puglia and it's not unique to Italy. You know, this happens everywhere, but um I just it just made me remember, you know, just made me think again. That, you know, even though you know there are people going to the pride here, just how difficult it is, not just because of the circumstances of them here, but just just generally. Um, and that was it. They had three hours, you know, one one half day a year where they can kind of you know walk and feel relatively secure, holding each other's hands in public. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but they are nice events. They're very meaningful because you know they're not you know they're, they're They celebrate. They're happy. They're festive. But they're not like big parties where typically people dress up in costumes. Okay. There are some people will, but not many. Yeah. Um, it's really just a, a chance to kind of just, you know, show support for the LGBT community and the allies um, uh, from the allies as well. So they are nice. Um, but well, listen, Scott, that you know, that's... No, that's great. I, I, I think it's wonderful what you're doing uh, on your website, you know, both for the LBGTQ community as well as just, you know, introducing people to Puglia in general. 
Um, it's it's a great resource. You know, I've looked through the site. I, I'm getting some recommendations myself. I'm going to try your recipe for spaghetti alla yeah. assassina. Well, that is, the uh, thing. that is the thing. It's not just for LGBT community. Um, we have recipes there and traditional Puglia food and best restaurant city guides. Um, but yeah, a number of recipes, not just the alla assassina, but other ones. So yes, it's no, my yeah. pleasure. If you do that, send me a photo. Um, because I'm going to do an, a, an assassin's gallery. So all the people that are cooking the assassina, I'm going to be um, putting up a gallery of the photos of the, the um, dishes that they cook. I'll do it. And one more time, the 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 URL of your website? So it's gaypuliapodcast.com. Right. But and if anyone just searches Gay Puglia, we, we usually are the first hit. That's great. Um, so it's Gay a wonderful Puglia, website um, full of information about the region. Um, and, you know, thank you very much for being generous with your time today. It was today. a pleasure. Thank you for having us. And uh, yeah, I'm going to put it on my website and, uh, you know, just give me a little time and I'll, I'll ping you and let you know and we'll, we'll share we'll share the, no uh, the experience with everybody. Sure. All right, Scott. Well, you have a wonderful day and uh, okay. stay warm this Anche winter. Te. Grazie. Thank you, Rick. It was been <laughs> a pleasure. Okay. Okay, ciao, ciao. Talk soon. Ciao. ciao. Okay. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If so, please click over to iTunes to subscribe and leave an honest review. Join me next time when I discuss another topic of Italian culture. Until then, arrivederci.